Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Post Game. Coming to you live from our studios here in West Loop, downtown Chicago. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guys, big day. Bow! Being Bow. a real sports. Bow. Bow. <laughs> Will to go golly. Will underscore Gottlieb. <laughs> and our pal, producer Joey Spathis. He is at Joey Spathis. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Mm-hmm. The Bulls dropped this one to the Dallas Mavericks. 114-105, the final. Really a back-and-forth game. Uh Neither team led by, I think, more than six or maybe eight up until Dallas pulls away to get a near double-digit win in the final minute and change. A lot of different areas that we can discuss in this one. Happy y'all out there in Bulls Nation are joining us, watching along on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, Let's, let's, uh, I want to start in so many different areas. Let's start with this, though. Okay. We talked in pregame, Dave, mm-hmm. about how while Luka is averaging a damn near 40-point triple-double in their first three games, mm-hmm. you pointed out he has not had great games in his career against the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Tonight, the Bulls have an aggressive defensive game plan against Luka. They throw a lot of doubles and a lot of traps at him. He's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He's rattled. He's yelling at the refs like Luka is wont to do. And Luka ends this game... With just 18 points on 5 of 16, 1 of 8 from downtown, 6 turnovers. And you think, for this Bulls defense that's looked mm, so far, job well done. Yeah. You also think, if that's the night that you hold Luka to, this is a very great opportunity for the Bulls to steal a win on the road against a quality opponent. Execution problems down the stretch. That opportunity slips through their fingertips, but they were set up for that opportunity by keeping Luka in check. Uh, four twenty-five from three is what Luka is in his last four games against the Chicago Bulls. He's not shooting great. They're doing a great job of just putting different bodies on him and giving him different looks, starting off with Patrick Williams, who I thought did a really, really solid job defending him. Full court. He, he picked him up as soon as the ball was put into Luka's hands. He was in his face. And when he wasn't there, then it was Torrey Craig. When he wasn't there, then it was Alex Caruso. Then it was Ayo. And then Kobe. Um, but it was everybody got a shot, you know, at Luka, so he couldn't get really comfortable. The only time we saw him comfortable was when he caught a switch on Drummond. 
And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I know how this is. This is going to end One well. and only three he hit all night was yep. a step back on Drummond. And I mean splash. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, they did, a, they did a really good job on him, man. And they have done a good job on him uh, for years since, since he's played against them. So it's wild to say, but Luka wasn't the, <laughs> the main issue, even though he had the assist and the rebound. I'm not taking that away. But scoring is what you truly fear yeah. from a guy you're putting in your MVP voting right about now. Uh, but it came from other places, like Grant Williams. Grant <laughs> Williams on you, seven of nine from downtown, and I mean step back threes, pump faking, sidestep pulling from either side, like from the top of the key, from the baseline. Like what was going on? Derrick Jones Jr. had seventeen. He did, and he scored early. That met his career total as a bull. In two seasons. And he put up nine threes as well. He was three and nine from the three-point line. So he was getting his shots up in 31 minutes, and Grant played uh, 30. And, again, Luka did this in 40 minutes. So, again, kudos to the Bulls for what they did on him. But they could not get rebounds uh, to save their life on that end. Those second-chance points killed them. I believe he said 24 to 11 mm-hmm. uh, was the score. Second-chance points in favor of yeah. Dallas. I mean, it is truly why they won. And when they put the game away, it was because of second-chance points. And the Bulls actually following through on their emphasis of crashing the offensive glass, getting uh, you know some, some opportunities to have an advantage in certain games this season, more so than last season with those offensive boards tonight. Like, you know, we, we've seen the Bulls have success mm-hmm. beating teams on the offensive glass so far this season. They lost that battle against Dallas. They did a pretty good job, though, for the for their own standards. Uh, I feel like this has happened a couple of times now where they get like maybe 30 percent of their total offensive rebounds on one play and they just keep <laughs> missing layups or kick out the, Are you the, the five. Yeah. They, there was okay, one that was yeah, legit yeah. five possessions. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this about Luca, because obviously this is like the whole Mavericks offense revolves around Luca, right? Um, yeah, I think the Bulls came in with a pretty aggressive game plan to try to, you know, make him uncomfortable, as you said, Dave. They picked him up full court. They tried to pester him. They tried to get the ball out of his hands. They threw some doubles at him. Um, but I feel like Luca has just seen everything at this point. And it's like, he's just going to beat you. And it's a matter of like whether his teammates make their shots. Um, and so when they doubled, it was like the other team's playing four on three and they're going to get an open look. Um, if the trap doesn't come hard enough and aggressive enough and execute well enough, he's just going to break it. And now you're five on three. Mm. Um, there's just so many ways he can beat you. He can throw it over the top to the opposite corner. He's just so talented. So, yes, the shooting numbers weren't there for him. Um, I think part of that is just he's not going to average 39 points a game over the course of a season shooting 56%. That's going to fall back. But the way that he was able to dominate this game, I still really felt it every single possession. It was just that everybody else was doing the scoring. So you mentioned the other shooters. Uh, on the whole, they were 19 for uh, 48, I believe. Uh, 20 for 48. 20 for 48. So Luca was one for eight. Non-Luca Mavs were 19 of 40 mm. on threes, which is 47.5%. So, I mean, that's just like you're going to lose a game that you mm. give up that kind of – and, and that's why when we had the discussion about the Pacers, it was not, you know, you can be okay with shooting 17 threes because your defense is going to be good enough. It's, right. yeah, well, maybe the other team's not going to shoot 26% on 42 threes. Right. These teams are taking 45, 48 threes a game. Yeah. You need to be able to, to compete and, and stay with that number because this is what happens if you don't. I thought the Bulls actually played 
pretty well defensively. Caruso was awesome. Patrick picked up uh, full court, and I thought really hounded Luca. He was getting after rebounds. I, I thought Pat had a good game uh, despite the scoring. Sorry to, for your uh, parlay, Joey. But um, it was just, in some ways, it was just like a, Luca didn't necessarily score, but he still dominated the Bulls. And in some ways, it was just like some, you know, some regression to the mean in, in the bad way for the Bulls, where last game, the other team couldn't make a three. In this game, all they could do was make threes. See, for me, I, I didn't feel the the total domination of Luca. Yeah, he wasn't. He one. wasn't like, scoring, and and not even because of the scoring. I thought he was. He was super frustrated, like constantly complaining. Picked up a tech. Like I didn't. I didn't feel his. You know, super control. You know, over it. What I felt was I felt it more from those other guys because of the offensive rebounding, because of the second chance points. That's why I was like, okay, well, there's nothing we could do about that. Because Luca was getting those passes to those guys early on, and they just weren't, you know, knocking them down, you know, at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, they obviously started because he ended up with Tennessee. Yeah. So he obviously, they obviously started hitting them. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was that for me, Will. Like, it, it was how they bullied them, you know what I mean, when, when they were getting those offensive rebounds on them and getting those second-chance opportunities to get those shots off. That, for me, is what – and Truly really, killed. like, that was, the to me, the defining dagger possession, which I think put Mavs up nine with just under a minute to go, I believe, was second-chance points opportunity because yeah. the Bulls couldn't corral the defensive boards. Luka gets the ball back up at the top of the key, draws the defense in, has a sweet, almost no-look dish, whip pass to the corner, bang, three, Mavs up nine, game over. Second-chance points, Luka may have not had a great shooting night, but he still was able to pick the Bulls' defense apart when it mattered the most. Um, I see people in the comments talking about P. Will. Some people having uh, <laughs> taking objection to Will <laughs> giving him even the most bland of compliments. We will get to that. I wanted to first, I mean, let's not bury the lead on who this team is really about. Zach Levine caught fire in the first half. 17 points. I think he hit five threes in the first half. Yeah. Great. You're like, oh, Zach's cooking. And you're like, oh, well, you know, the only other night we've seen Zach cook so far, he drops a career high 51, and they lose to the Pistons. And a lot of people I saw called out Zach for not having any assists in that 51-point career night. I'm not calling you out when you got 51, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, you're seeing Zach cook in the first half. Okay. We, we've got good Zach tonight. That's fun. He has 17 at halftime. He finishes with 22. Mm. There was one key possession – and all of us saw it and rolled our eyes or scoffed or threw our hat or any and all of the above. He came off a screen and got a great catch-and-shoot opportunity from the top for a catch-and-shoot three. What did he do instead? Pump he put the ball. He pump fakes, <laughs> puts the ball on the floor, ends up taking a more difficult yes. and contested long two. Yep. That was in the final which he misses. 4 minutes. It, it was I think it was in the final 3 minutes when this game was still very winnable. It was also not the only time he's done that this game and certainly not in this season or even his career. Like he does that a lot. I don't know if it's a comfortability thing where he's just not quite as comfortable coming off screens. We all want him to do that, but obviously that's a tough shot that he's not as comfortable taking otherwise he would. Um, but yeah, it's either hesitate, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, and then try to level, uh, lift up and, and score in Derrick Jones' face, or keeps his dribble alive, but then you know steps into a fadeaway jumper from the elbow. I feel like he takes himself out of a rhythm when he does stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
look, I, I don't think it should be like the Zach, Zach Levine heat check game plan, which it kind of was for a little bit. Like, it's good that that happens. Like, you, you need guys that can put the ball in the basket. And when Zach's hot, you got to give it to him. But he can take himself out of a, a, yes. a streak like that. Yes. Um, and I thought that kind of hurt the Bulls. Like, I don't think the Bulls should necessarily have to rely on Zach or DeMar to do that. Um, they should take advantage of it when it's happening. But I think if they look to feed it too much, this is kind of what happens. And that's it's a thing that Kobe does. It's a thing that Patrick does. Mm-hmm. Patrick can't really, like, shoot off the catch because his – or shoot off the move because his uh, mechanics are just too slow. He can't lift. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like they kind of – and then it's like a bad possession. They're playing they're, – they're trying to get back on defense and transition. Maybe they give up a layup, and it's like those are – Billy's talked about it a lot over the last couple of years is like, how do we prevent teams from getting momentum on us? And I feel like taking a bad shot that leads to a run out layup is exactly that it's momentum for the other team. No, you're absolutely right. And you don't want it to be backbreaking, you know, and when you're not taking the catch and shoot and you turn it into a more difficult shot, it feels backbreaking. Even if you go down and the other team doesn't score, because that's your opportunity, especially when it feels like that's drawn up, you know, perfectly for you. Everything was set up. Quite nicely, the guy's on your hip. It's a perfect shot for you. Top of the key. That's where you like it, right? Doesn't take it, didn't have it, and it was like just all the air kind of came out. Those ones happened. going left are tough, too, because you have to plant yeah. your inside foot with yeah. your hips around. Like, that's yeah. a tough shot. I'm not trying to say otherwise. But when you turn it into a tougher shot, right. that's when that's when you kind of get oh. yourself in trouble. And then you this. also contrast that <laughs> with what the Mavericks did, especially down the stretch. There's no fluff on their game. They know exactly what they're going to every single possession. Luca knows how to exploit you no matter how you're guarding it. Mm-hmm. And the Bulls sometimes come down and they're a little discombobulated. They don't really know what they want to get into. Maybe they force a bad shot. Maybe they don't get the matchup they want. Uh, there's possessions where they do really look like they kind of have control over what they're doing. But if you don't do that every single time down mm-hmm. and the other team is, that's yeah. how you lose games. And it's – and. It's, it's like they were, doing, they were doing for three quarters, and then in that fourth quarter when I needed you to be doing it. Yeah, you felt the Mavs really in. tighten the screws, Correct. and they, couldn't, they couldn't keep up with that. And it was like, because I've, I've watched a lot of Mavericks basketball, so I, I, you knew what was going to happen. They were going to shoot these threes in that fourth quarter. You know, you knew it. That's how it was going to be. The point was for you to defend it and get your rebounds on it. They didn't do that. You know, they, one, they were laid out to the shooters on a couple of them in that fourth. Yep. And two – they just could not snatch the rebound down to give themselves the opportunity to try to, you know, go down the floor and do something. The refs obviously weren't giving you the calls. The Bulls shot 11 free throws. <laughs> like they, they were, you weren't getting those calls out of there, okay? It wasn't going to happen. 28 to 11, I believe it was, in favor of the Mavericks when it came to free throw shooting. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, they took themselves out of, the, out of this, man. And, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And, like, taking this one step further, I want to talk about, like, the playoffs and high-level basketball in general. Like playoffs. <laughs> well, the Bulls want to be there. They want to be I know, at that I just level. Help and, <laughs> and like they need to be able to execute in those moments because that's what the playoffs are like. Correct. That's how you get to the playoffs, and that's what it's like when you're there. Yeah. There there are too many possessions where it just feels like the Bulls aren't sure what they need to do in order to get that shot. And that's why I think a lot of times it defaults to DeMar just creating something in isolation because you know what you're gonna get from DeMar mm-hmm. is at least a good shot. Yeah. And it's a better shot than uh, not sure what we're doing. Uh, somebody come off screen and like just they're in kind of scramble mode. You look at some of the best teams in the league. It's like Jokic, Murray, pick and roll. That's going to happen every time. Yeah, you know time. they're going to dissect you. 
Luca isolation. If you send two, he's going to find the open man. Mm-hmm. If you guard him one-on-one, he's going to back you down and put you in the goal. Um, every single great team, the Warriors, like Steph and Draymond pick and rolls, it's four on three every single time if you double Steph. Mm-hmm. All these teams know how to beat you in the end of games. And I see sometimes the Bulls run these pick and roll actions with Zach as a screener and he'll slip out and flare. And DeMar either has an ISO or if two converge on him, then he's got Zach. Mm-hmm. I just don't really feel like they have a go-to action that they always feel like they can get a good shot out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it the other night. Um, Steph No posted a really nice video breakdown of uh, the, the two Bulls side targeting Halliburton. Their two side action that right. targeted Halliburton. I saw them run that once uh, to try to get an ISO on Luca. Luca kind of squashed it, but Demar was able to find Caruso and he hit like a turnaround jumper in yeah. the lane. It just doesn't feel like they have, and like that's a problem in year three with these guys who are all really talented offensive players. They need to have a go to action or possession or set that they can run that they feel confident in that is going to get them a good looking shot. And I think too many times it's, well, this time Zach will run in isolation right. and that time DeMar will do that's it. And I just don't think that's good enough. No, I agree. And you pointed out something really uh, right in that fourth quarter when they don't know what to run and guys aren't in tune. We saw it on, at least on two plays for sure. One where DeMar is passing it to Kobe. He doesn't even know the ball yeah. is coming to him. Oh God. And that comes a turnover. The other one, when Kobe tries to dish it inside to Vooch, and Vooch gets the butterfingers, and it hits him right off the hands into the lap mm-hmm. of Dallas's player. Like, that's the stuff that are, that are, that are killers. You know, mm-hmm. those are the turnovers that are absolute killers for your team, man. And it's just, you don't, you don't want it. Whether the other team scores or not on the other end, it just it drains you when you have those kind of possessions where they don't turn out, where it's possessions that you feel like you can control a little bit more by literally catching a basketball or looking up and seeing the ball coming to you. Like those things get become demoralizing after a while if you let them, man. And it seems to have hurt. It definitely hurt the Bulls tonight. And that's how they took that L. Let's uh, take our first break. Uh, we will continue with our thoughts and more of your thoughts on tonight's Bulls loss to the Mavs on the other side, including, yes, diving a bit deeper into the game that we saw from P. Will tonight. I see our good friend P. Will supporter is back in the comments. <laughs> he was like, Will is right. You couldn't stay away, <laughs> could you? While we're sharing these words for our friends sponsors, Bulls fans, you know what to do. Yeah. Hit that thumbs up if you're watching along. Joey wants you to. Joey needs you to. Yes, he does. You know, so, Joey. Joey! <laughs> uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm just like man. a zoned in, like yeah. He was so yeah. It was like man. a dutiful nod, correct? But man. that wasn't there. There was no other acknowledgement, right? Exactly. <laughs> you were like, exactly. Joey, hey, Joe. He was Joey. just literally staring ahead, <laughs> stone face, not looking at you, and just went. Mm. You know this face, right? What he's doing right now. Yeah. You know that yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna call an audible. You, I'm gonna toss it to the goat. Hey, goat. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Oh, I had to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yes, why you should have kicked twice it to me. You answer twice. <laughs> I thought he was just feeling it. No, yeah, you should have felt it with me, though. Yes, it's all good. Can. It was your first time. Yes, you can. But I felt you saying you can. Yes, you can. I'm Thank just going to keep saying it. Yes, <laughs> you can. <laughs> Thank you, Go. Yes, you can. So savvy. That's where you go. Thank you, CJ. I appreciate you. That's where you go to get the fly kicks. And get them where you need them. You don't want to have to go stand in line all the time. You don't want to have to go to a place and see, oh, man, they don't carry my size. They all sold out. Guess what? Soul Savvy will take that away from you. How do they do it? With the Drops by Soul Savvy app. 
It makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It's your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. Everything? Everything. How does it work? Let me tell you right now. The drops alert instant notifications. Never miss a release again. You'll get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy. One more again. Whenever your size is available to buy. Don't have to get off your couch. If you got a size 14 like me, and they're like, oh, the shoes are available. What size? Two. You can keep sitting down. They won't notify you until your size is available, and then you get your beautiful self up off that couch and go get those shoes, man. Free raffle management. Keep track of all the raffles that happen in sneakers with the raffle tracker. And, of course, the release calendar. They're accurate. One more time. Accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are up. Coming. Now, whether you're a casual shoe buyer like my man Joey, who used to be all up into his shoes, but, you know, things change. He grew up a little bit, had to do it a little differently now. Feet or you're an all-out sneaker head. Soul Savvy has something for you with three different levels. You got the basic version, which is free. You got the mobile plus. And then, if you for real, for real, for real, for real, you got the premium account, man. For real. For For reals. You got that premium account that will give you everything that you're going to need to be the dope sneaker shopper. So, of course, this is just because we love you. We're going to tell you. This Saturday, November 4th, this is a drop alert, y'all. I'm going to need a sound effect for that next time. Air Ones, man. Oh, the Air Jordan Ones. The Reimagined Royal. They will drop. All right? The Drops by Soul Savvy app will notify you where and when it is dropping. <laughs> Download the app and never miss a release, y'all. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash C-H-G-O or head over to the App Store and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. Because Matt Peck, can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Soul Didn't even let me try to savvy. redeem myself. It's all right, man. I lost it. I lost didn't, it. Didn't know the hey, second man. can of kick it was coming. Just got to sit, grab some pine. <laughs> Try again tomorrow. Ride, Ride that bench with our friend Pat. Tonight's uh, <laughs> shoot shoot, CHO Bulls post game also you, brought to you by our friends at Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience for all of your flooring needs. The right product for you. It's quick. It's professional installation and they have a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they're going to have copycats amidst their competitors. But those copycats can't beat Empire on quality. They can't beat them on service. They can't beat them on speed. No, no, no. So all they do is advertise low-quality products that Empire simply doesn't even bother to carry. Mm. They won't promise the lowest prices because... Anyone who does, anyone who will promise those lowest prices are putting trash flooring into your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Their philosophy is help you find what you need, Mm. not overwhelm you with thousands of unnecessary choices and substitutes. Mm. What they leave out of their selection is just as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples every year 
to find the perfect styles that you can choose from. They also have a wonderful feature they call the Virtual Floor Designer, which is a great way to see how new floors will look in any and all spaces in your home. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how those new floors look wherever you are putting them. Your kitchen, your living room, your bathrooms. Virtual Floor Designer. Bow. Boom. Empire prides themselves on convenient shop and home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes with the lighting effects, with the decor, everything. You can put all the pieces together and make an informed decision. Mm. They also service their own warranties. If an issue does happen to arise, just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You don't need to track down a manufacturer's phone number. Mm-hmm. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All of our CHO Bulls listeners and viewers can receive a $350 discount. Ooh, Big money. When they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash CHGO for details. <laughs> Five eight eight two three hundred days. Empire today. Mm. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> shoot a shoot, baby. <laughs> that was off the side of the backboard. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> I love it. He pulls up from half court. <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling along, CHO Bulls post game. Appreciate all y'all hanging out with us late on a Wednesday night. Hit the thumb if you haven't done so yet. Mm-hmm. Breaking down the Bulls. Lost to the Mavs, 114-105. Let's talk a little bit of P-Wheel. Um, <laughs> Sherman in the comments. Pat is the elephant in the room. Can't ignore him. You can't. We're not. I mean, I honestly feel like we've <laughs> talked a lot about Patrick Williams. That's all we do here. <laughs> spanning... The training camp week, yeah. the preseason week and a half, and the first you know week and a half of the regular season. I'm sick of talking about Patrick Williams. Let me just say that right now. I am fucking sick of it. There it is. I don't need to talk about Patrick Williams anymore. I would rather talk about something and someone else. Anything and anyone else. But guess what? For the second time in the last three games, one of your starting five had zero goddamn points. Mm. What? Are we doing with this, Billy? I'm sorry. I tried to be patient with the pad is still our starter thing. And you know what? We other we also have to face the reality that maybe this ain't Billy. Mm. All of you Billy haters and fire Billy yesterday Bulls fans, I get that there are certain things you can absolutely be critical of when it comes to Billy Donovan and how he's coaching this team. Billy's not the one who drafted this young man. Mm. Maybe Billy is getting instructions from his bosses to still have Pat in the starting lineup. And yes, he played nice defense tonight. He did his best on Luka, a very, very difficult assignment. I cannot have it. Two games out of three in the first five-game sample size of the season as a starter. What's the thing we always say about Pat? Shout out Will Purdue. What do we say? <laughs> if you can at least play defense and knock down your threes, 40% three, great. O of five. From downtown tonight, Ooh. 0 of 6 from the field, Ooh. 0 points as a starter. I am so freaking done. Mm. Oh, and Dave, talk me off the ledge. Talk, <laughs> please talk me off the ledge. I am done. Pat, what the hell? And he's spent. <laughs> I'm not here to talk you off the ledge, sir, on this one. 
he deserves everything you just said right there. But, I, again, I will credit the defense. That's my last talk, I guess, for you. He did a really solid job, I thought, against Luka. He did a really good job, helped defense also as well. But, damn, two games where you don't score points, bro. Like, two games as a starter where you don't score is tough. And Billy actually had him in in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave him opportunity because he was playing well defensively. And again tonight played him deep into the first quarter. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, because he was playing well, like he was aggressive, and you were looking at those things, like, okay, he's aggressive. He's he's at least at, he's crashing the boards. That one play where he actually crashed the board and he got the tip and he got the Bulls a layup, an extra possession. That was awesome. And I'm gonna be real with you, Pat might have won going to the night for real. I'm gonna be serious, like, because that's how aggressive he was playing tonight. Like, I really enjoyed how he played, but I cannot debate zero points in two games as a starter. Like, you've got to score, man. Like, you have – just getting his – if he got you nine points, isn't, isn't that your difference of the game? Yeah. Like, that's it right there. Bulls so, off for nine. And if he gets nine points, Joey hits his part. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, but Joey's cool. He already got his papers. I mean – Shout out to Joseph Spathis for calling out the Zach Levine. Zach Levine first bucket. First bucket. By the way, Joey. absolutely crazy hit. Uh, two empty possessions. Yes. Third one, foul on Luca. Luca yes. barely misses the shot, ends mm-hmm. up with free throws. Yes. And then Zach comes down and drills a three. Yes. He uh, did not. No, I think it fell. It fell. I think that one fell if you're doing some counting. <laughs> but, man, dude, like to get zero in two games, Will, that's what's tough, you know? And, I mean, the shots weren't difficult. Like, a couple of them were just some wide-open looks. He shot an air ball. Yeah, he air balled the wide-open <laughs> Like, shot. he air balled a wide-open joint, bro. Like, that's tough, man. Like it's it's just been it's just been tough to watch, and it feels like his form doesn't even look the same when he's shooting threes anymore. Like like I remember it looking last year. Like it just it, something looks off, man. And I think it all starts mentally with him, and it's really affecting him. I like that it didn't affect him defensively or anything like that. Because even after that air ball, the first thing he did was go right to Luca and get on him. That was the first thing he did. So again, I credit him for how he played defensively and the aggression that he showed. It's what got him to stay in the game. But to keep your team in the game, you've got to score some points, bro. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I saw a comment that was like, Patrick can do no wrong in my eyes. People, it's like two things can be true at once. He could have a game where he executed his job on defense and picked up full court and, like, gave Luka pressure. He also shot the ball terribly. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. want me to say? (laughs) Two things can be true. It's like, it's not that hard. It's not like... Fire him into the sun because he shot zero for six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it, I just don't understand why why people can be that uh, of one mind about it. He's disappointed. He played he played a very bad game offensively today. Mm-hmm. He's been bad offensively all year. But also like I'm I'm a little worried about the shot, but I'm not like freaking out about it because he's taken over four hundred and fifty career three point attempts and he's a forty one percent shooter. Like I I think he'll probably get some of that back but like clearly he's in his head um or at least it seems that way from the outside looking in and yeah i mean i don't know to me like starting coming off the bench doesn't really matter um i understand that like you're you're putting your team in a better position to get off to good starts with tory craig i that argument's not lost on me and it i think it makes sense but it's also like a coach's job is to like figure out how to put his players in the best position. And right now, I think that's the bigger argument to move Patrick to the bench. Mm-hmm. He's just like 
not having a good stretch right now and he needs yeah. to something needs to change for him um whether it's like putting the ball in his hands more in the second unit mm-hmm. or just like change of scenery change of rotational minutes change of who you're out there with because mm-hmm. it's not working but at the end of the day patrick is still he's playing 25 minutes a game he's hardly playing in the fourth quarter he's not in the closing units like i don't understand what people want to do with him like bench him all together and who's going to play power forward off the bench <laughs> i just he's he's done <clears throat> some stuff good alex he Crusoe. has absolutely alex crusoe is closing like he's the yeah. he's the heavy minutes power forward yeah um Tory Craig is playing a lot of forward, power forward too. That's why Patrick's role has gone from like 30 minutes a night to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I get the frustration. He has not performed well. He's also done some good things, but like you can't just be like fire him into the sun. I just, I don't think that is productive. I also think like the $200 million thing, like people need to just chill. Okay. It's, well, it's, so like if anyone who's still throwing that around in the conversation is just ignorant. Like that, we, we've, we've already, I feel like we've already addressed that. Patrick Williams at no point ever said or was quoted as saying, I want a $200 million contract. That was NBA fans and some of them being Bulls fans misinterpreting something that was said right. on Zach Lowe's podcast. Exactly. Stop. Cut it but out. But more, more importantly, like who cares how much money this guy ends up, ends up making? It's not your money. You're not paying him. I, I've just, I never understood why people don't want players to get paid and instead want these owners to like hoard their money. I just that does not make sense to me. I understand Patrick has not lived up to whatever contract he thought he was going to get. He didn't get that contract. Well, okay, there's there is some truth to well, why do you care it's not your money? And we all know I have no problem with calling out bulls for not spending more of their money. I do it like it's my goddamn job. However, bulls fans do have a right to be concerned about what percentage of the salary cap certain guys on the team are getting? Correct. And what role on the team they are playing? And if those two things are not in balance and equilibrium with one another, then yeah, you have a right to be worried about that. If Patrick Williams gets a contract that pays him like he's one of the three or four most important guys on the team and he doesn't play like he's one of the three or four most important guys on the team, then yeah, Bulls fans have a right to be pissed about that yep. or worried about it considering it's hasn't happened yet this isn't the mlb can't just go or, spend there, there's a cap you can't you or know they could go into the tax well they can but still i mean you're the money's not i get it un, i'm not you know i'm not i, I, I i'm just just it, it doesn't probably won't matter in this in this but but like, i feel like philosophy he wanted, wise yes he wanted 200 million dollars is now an argument against patrick and that is just like one that that's not he never said that they were never talking about that as far as like anybody actually knows. Dude, he should it, want as much as he can get. It like, didn't happen. He didn't sign an extension. And right now he's not playing like somebody who's going to get right. anything close to that much money. So <laughs> right. I, just, I don't understand why that's like an argument to despise him. And I just don't think that that it's the same mentality people had about Lowry, about Wendell, uh, about Kobe last year at this time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's just not productive. I think it's, you have to be thinking about solutions and ways to figure out how to best help him succeed because right now that's not happening mm. i'm not saying he's not at fault he is he's played terribly but you you have to think about solutions you can't just like 
point your finger and stick your tongue out. But it's easy and fun. Uh, <laughs> That's just... Ah, ah breathe, out. goat. Breathe. Ah, Shout breathe out to our goat. guy, Fresh Bulls TV. Who's like, going into the tax? Jerry just had a heart attack. <laughs> Sherman saying, Bulls can't go into the tax. It doesn't exist. What's the tax? Oh... <laughs> Isn't it fun being a Bulls fan? Fish he says, can I have $200 million, though? That's what we should be talking about. Fish is money. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Pat should want $200 million. I want $200 million. Is he going to get it? It's another yeah. question. I mean, you keep getting them bets, Joey. You mean, you'd be close on it now. I'm trying to think of how many Zach I just don't get like, how many everybody, for us is what you'd be Everybody doing. in the comments is like saying, I'm an apologist. for Like, what do you want? Can somebody explain what they want to have happen with Pat? Like, he just doesn't play? I, well, so I think some Bulls fans entirely. want Pat traded. Before this deadline, because you know what? His expiring rookie deal, don't sign him to a new one. Trade him and trade him in the hopes you can get something for him. Mm-hmm. I think okay. some Bulls fans still have not finally let go of the last tippy-tippy of a fingertip of hope and Pat and wouldn't mind the Bulls and Pat negotiating this off, this upcoming offseason, but would like Pat around on a shorter Smaller salary, prove it deal of like two or three years for well under fifty million dollars. I've seen that from Bulls fans. We're like, I'm not ready to give up on Pat yet, but don't sign him to a giant contract. I, I think some of it is like a, a, an in between of, of what what the realistic expectations at this point can and should be. Like, I mean, I think that the people who are still holding out hope in Bulls Nation, some of them are maybe still holding out hope that he's going to blossom into a legitimate two-way superstar, which I think every single day is probably looking a little bit less likely. For no reason would I say I'm out on him becoming a productive player and, and a role player who can play a role. Do I think he's going to be scoring zero points every game? Absolutely not. But am I, but am I thinking he's a guy that you're going to hand over the, the keys to your offense? It just doesn't seem like that's in his diet. And I just think the people that are out on him are, 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 are at that point. They're there. They don't need to see anymore. And I think there's a lot of people that are or some people who are still holding out some hope that he can take a huge step, and it just those just crazy. Clashing. It's just crazy to me because like thirty days ago it was well he really only played two seasons because he missed a whole third one, and now it's he's in his fourth year and he can't get a rebound. It's just like <laughs> the swinging one way. You're, I think you're right, Joey. It's like I, was I don't never, think that's new. I was never I think in there a place are Bulls where Bulls fans who believe in Pat and Bulls fans who never have, and they all still exist. Yeah, maybe that it's just, one side is getting We're playing louder. real basketball games again, and we're getting real samples of Patrick Williams' work. In real time. And everybody's opinions never, are like, mm, And I think the Bulls, the Bulls fans that believe in Patrick right now, I think are you're starting to say, like, well, what, what do I believe that he's going to become realistically? Mm-hmm. Like, I still believe that he could be a productive player because he's big. He can defend. We saw it tonight. He's shown throughout his career that he could hit threes. Yeah. But do I think he's going to be the player that they that they thought he was going to become when they took him with the fourth pick? Probably not. But then, unfortunately, that, yeah. probably not. But but okay. I just think that's more of a like you're you're kind of missing the point. If like Pat is the biggest problem here, and <laughs> I I think okay. See that I agree with. The, Sorry, finish like, your thought. The the for me the boat on like Patrick becoming a superstar sailed a while ago. Yeah, it was. He's a good three and D player. Can he like introduce a little bit more creation? And right now he's not even playing like a good three and D player because he's only really playing like a defensive player. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of work to do to even get to that point right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess like the the pending restricted free agency, people not wanting to pay him, combined with the fact that he's regressing a little bit. 
I understand. I just, I don't think that like punting him into the sun is like the right move right now. Like you, you have to try to figure out a way to get the most out of him. Punting or, or into trade the him. sun is the Valus Jones Jr. approach. Oh my God. That is who should be punted like, into the sun. Kicked into Will the though, sun it's important like too, like the Patrick playing well at any level is easily what is best for the Bulls. Absolutely. Going yeah. forward. And if either, you're either if on this team, team yes. either on this team or or establishing himself as a young guy who another team is like, you know, we're going to take a flyer on him and you're going to get. And I don't think that's where the Bulls want to be. But but no matter what, we all should be rooting for Patrick Williams to succeed. And nobody should yeah. be slamming the door and saying he should be out. Stop. And pull the plug on him. The Bulls aren't aren't competing for the NBA championship right now. They're not going number one seed in the East. So what do we like? Roll the dice. This is a young developmental player, which is what a lot of us have been pounding the table for for a long time. Play your young guys. Play your guys with some upside. I mean, you you got to f- battle through some of this stuff, you know? If that's if if you want to maybe scratch the ceiling on some of the upside, you got to you got to give him a, a you got to still give him a, a little bit more of a chance. I you know, I think um there is, I think it was maybe Joshua in the comments earlier who said, like, you know, if the Bulls trade him to or he ends up signing with the Spurs uh, next season or maybe through this season, he could see Pat going to a team like San Antonio and averaging, like, 17 points a game. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I could see that. If, if Pat gets the fresh start or whatever, and that's the, the thing that drives the Bulls fans crazy is you give up on this young talent, you fail to develop him yeah. in your organization and then see them blossom elsewhere. Although... What, what what are you telling me Wendell's averaging so far? Eight uh, and eight? Eight points and eight rebounds. Cool. <laughs> Good for you, Wendell. Put your glasses but on. Lowry, you know, actually did blossom. And that's all, and, it, and it's painful for fans to see those young talents develop and blossom elsewhere. Um, the other thing that I think so many Bulls fans are still stuck in the mud about is just understanding the numbers on NBA contracts now. When you talk <laughs> about Pat and figures and his contract if he gets another one in Chicago, a player who is a good role player who can get your team 15, 17 points on a mostly nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That player's worth 20 to 25 million annually. Yeah. And some Bulls fans see that and they like their brains explode. Yeah. They don't think Zach Levine is worth 20 to 25 million annually. Oh, you remember the Zach Levine contract talks? Boom. You remember what they were. Stop. I remember them vividly. It's just like, oh my goodness! I it's hard to have a conversation with people who don't know what the numbers of NBA contracts mm-hmm. are these mm-hmm. days. Um, we got to take our second break. We'll come back. Few positive notes off the Bulls bench that I did want to touch on tonight. Okay, doesn't all have to be a negative. I hate the world fest. Um, That's what you live. <laughs> and also, I noticed we've got some super chats from y'all as well out there in Bulls Nation. We will get to all of those on the other side. Hit the thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Tonight's CHGO Bulls post game also brought to you by our friends at Circa Sportsbook, who always offer tight money line splits and a low hold model. Circa Sportsbook's games will always strive to have a minus 110 odd on the Circa Sports menu. Unlike a lot of other sports books, when you're looking at those spreads, you're looking at covers, you're mm-hmm. looking at over-unders, a lot of times you'll see minus 115s or minus 120s. Mm-mm. Not at Circa. Minus 110. Circa Sports also keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures, especially compared to other sports books. They also don't limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, un- unlike other sports books who do limit those very regular successful players. They even encourage 
they're betters and people who use their circus sportsbook app to download and explore all of the other uh, sports betting apps that are out there these days so that you can compare those odds, those betting lines, because more often than not, you will find that the best ones available are at Circa. Mm. They also offer their incomparable customer service. Mm -hmm. Real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other sports books who use those stupid chatbots that I hate so much and I wish they were dead. Joey hates them too. All aspects of that Circa app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circus Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. We can vouch for them. Facts. Download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also, be on the lookout for all of Circus events, watch parties, and tailgates. Mm. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. You know, I was hoping I was going to get to do this ad read today. When you I, were? Before I walked in, I said, I hope I get to do this ad read today. Because let me tell you. So when I was ordering some food. Mm-hmm. What I ordered, I, I think I ordered like some smoothie. I wanted a couple smoothies and some tuna salad. That's so, a weird order of food. That's what I wanted. So I ordered some tuna salad. Smoothies and tuna. Yeah, it was delicious. Mm. Shout out to that smoothie that's sitting over there right now. It was awesome. But the tuna salad came and I didn't realize it wasn't wrapped. I, they just sent me like tuna salad. It was, it was put together very nicely. But then they sent that to me, opened it up, smelled delicious. They had some crackers with it. Oh, what the hell am I going to do with these? I'm not going to do nothing with the tuna. And then I said, Eureka. Went right to that freezer, grabbed that hero bread, took it out, put a couple slices in that toaster, clonk, clonk. When it popped up, plow. I put that tuna salad right on it, and oh, my word. The happy dance I did in that kitchen, sitting there eating that tuna sandwich, was amazing. Hero bread sets it all off. You hear what I'm telling you? It is a delicious, tasty. The texture was so soft. It was so fluffy. Scrum diddly umptious is what it was. Like, I ain't had to put nothing else on it. I ain't had to put no mustard on there, no mayonnaise, nothing. Just the tuna and the hero bread. Life was good. You should live that life as well, man. That high fiber, ultra low net carbs, zero sugar per slice life. That's the life that Hero Bread has for you. And because they care about you like I do, they're going to give you an opportunity for a discount to try it on out. 10% off CHGO at Hero.co. Sliced breads, buns, tortillas. All of that is available at Hero.co and on Amazon as well. Fewer calories than the leading national brand, y'all. Five to ten grams of protein per slice. Get it all with Hero Bread. Hero Bread is offering the CHGO fam, like I said, that 10% off of your first order. Just go to Hero.co, use that code CHGO, and save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O, and save 10% today. Hero Bread to the rescue. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs>
I just saw an interesting comment uh, before we touch on those Bulls bench players I wanted to make note of. Luke Lorio in the comment said, please talk about Vooch's decline in three-point shooting and just staying in the paint where you've got three or four other starters wanting to get into the paint and it doesn't work if four or five players want to all be in the paint. Um, Vooch, we are, you know, we know what it is. He was having a career year behind the three-point line when the Bulls made that big swing, yep. brought him over in the trade from Orlando. Yep. Uh, first time he was a 40% three-point shooting big man. We know that he has not shot the three-ball, you know, wildly hot since he arrived. He did uh, bump it up to 35% last season, which is mm -hmm. what I asked him to do, which was like, you know, compared to, I think it was he finished somewhere between 30 and 31% mm -hmm. in the 21-22 mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vooch was one of three from downtown tonight. I'm not concerned about the volume of Vooch's threes so far in this five-game sample size. Also, he was 21 and 20 tonight on 10 of 17 from the floor. He did miss a couple of bunnies. I feel like spanning these first five games, I've seen Vooch miss a handful of bunnies, and it's frustrating Yeah, because you do get good looks for Vooch in the post. We know that he had a good matchup to take advantage of tonight against this Dallas front court, and he did. I'm sorry, I, if you're if you're nitpicking tonight, I'm not nitpicking Vooch. You give me 21 and 10 on over 50% shooting, I'm not... 20. 21 and 20. I'm sorry, 21 and 20 on over 50% shooting, I am not nitpicking that. However, on a bigger picture thing, I mean, Will, what do you think about the whole, like, Vooch clogging up the paint thing? It's not like Vooch is the only one clogging up the paint. No, I mean, I think they're looking to get him the ball in the post probably more than last year. Um, I think on some of these pick and roll actions, he's kind of floating into space, into the paint, which is like where DeMar or Zach want to get into. And he's kind of like bringing his body and another defender into that space, space which is kind of cramping things up. Um, he also like the three point stuff is what it is, but like there's times where he just doesn't even look at the basket when he gets the ball out there and he's open. Again, I think most of that's nitpicking tonight. He had a fantastic game. Yeah. I thought his little like flip shot on the short roll was working for him. They did post him up a couple times. He took advantage of Derek Lively, of uh, some of the Oof. smaller backup defenders, uh, big defenders on the Mavericks. And look, I mean, I think it's still a feeling out process of like how much you want to do that. You don't want to like over rely on it to where your your offense kind of bogs down. He is a good passer out of the post mm -hmm. and he makes good decisions, but it does force you to play at a certain pace. Um, and I think he can take you out of some of the other stuff that the Bulls want to do. So, and I don't think Vooch would ever argue he wants more touches on the low block. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more about like, how can you get the defense shifting and then find the open man? And I think when you put him on the block, forces a help defender, now he's really good at making those kickouts. So mm -hmm. it's a balance. Which um, is what he said when, you know, people could see on the broadcast him and Billy having that heated exchange. It wasn't necessarily about my touches. It's yeah. about what we were trying to run offensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's I think it's frustrating for him at some points to just like stand by and watch as stuff devolves. Because um, the big man, it re relies on a guard to get him the ball. Correct. He's not bringing the ball up the court. So if he wants to get involved, sometimes he does need to be vocal about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think he, you know, I don't know if he regrets it, but he at least apologized for the way that that came out in the first game of the year. But... I do think the Bulls just kind of have to be careful about how much they're they're going to those actions, how much they want to keep him involved that way, but also not get bogged down. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, for all we talk about continuity, like that seem, seems to still be a thing that they're trying to figure out about playing together. Yeah, we talked about it a lot in the offseason about, you know, running the offense through Vooch, you know, giving him an opportunity uh, to have that happen. And these past couple games, uh, the last two games, they, they've definitely done that. They've given him the ball, and he's responded. Like, he's had a really good game the last game. And in this one, like like you said, Matt, I'm not going to nitpick 21 and 20. That's like nitpicking 51. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, that's crazy, dude. Like, 21 and 20 is awesome. Like, he is not going he's not going to be your issue today. That's just not what he's going to be. I don't care what he shot from the three-point line, even though he hit one of them. I'm still not going to be mad at that. But I like them running the ball through him because, for me, it's running it through your best passer, but also the dude – who actually gives you that post presence inside mm -hmm. as well. So it's a two for one for me. So even when you run to run that two man game, we saw him running with multiple players. We saw him running with uh, Zach. We saw him running with Kobe. We saw him run one with Pat. Mm -hmm. We saw him running with uh, DeMar. So he gives you those opportunities, you know what I'm saying, to do those kind of things. So I wanted to see this. I wanted to see Vooch get a chance to have the offense run through him. Right now, you're, you're basically one-on-one, one, you know what I mean, with that opportunity happening. And even the one you just lost was actually a solid game, to be real with you. And honestly, and listen, also, we're not even talking about the three-point shooting, you know, of the Bulls as far as attempts I'm talking about are concerned because they shot 33 of them. You know what I mean? They got the ball up and they put it up because there was a worry and concern like, oh, man, that's 17. <laughs> we're going to revert back to something. And they actually got some shots up. You know what I mean? They, they had got more those threes three up. point attempts in the first half tonight than they did on Monday. Correct. In the entire game. Correct. Correct. So they got them up. So you can still run that ball through Vooch and still get those opportunities from the three point line. Yeah. So for me, I just see all that as I saw all of it as a real positive with how they ran their offense through him. It keeps him more engaged. And engaged Vooch is a good is a good Vooch. And everybody is still able to get theirs. You know, the issue for me is he did all that. And I don't think he shot a free throw. <laughs> like, no, he didn't. He didn't shoot one free throw. That's the yeah. only issue for me is him getting to the line. I mean, we, we got to spread it out, though, because he had six free throw attempts the other night, which <laughs> doubled up his season high from last season. Oh, These terrible. are facts that Willie Gokotli found. Yes, he I is. Mean, yeah, to me, it's like there's going to be nights where Booch is uninvolved or he doesn't provide as much production as you need. Tonight was not that night. Yeah. Uh, I thought DeMar and Zach, Zach with the exception of the, that stretch during the first half where he kind of went off. Yeah. I mean, he only scored five points in the second half. Right. He was 7 of 17. DeMar was 5 of 13. They combined for nine free throws. They were at 19 the other night, which is right. why they mm -hmm. were able to keep that game close. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it just comes back to, like, this balancing act. If you're going to not take any threes, then you need Zach and DeMar to get to the free throw line a ton. If you're shooting too many threes, then they don't have an opportunity to get to the free throw line a ton. And it's just like this, they have, we talked about margin for error, but it's like they have this small window mm -hmm. of there's enough three-point shooting, but there's also enough spacing. But DeMar touches the ball enough to where he can get to the line and Vooch touches the ball enough to where he can make plays out of the post and doesn't feel, you know, isolated. And Zach still has a chance to get his one-on-one. -on -one. There's so many different things that like all need to happen and like a very small window for them all to align in the same game. And I just feel like we haven't quite seen that yet, maybe ever. So mm. I think that's really the, the struggle. It's like guys are allowed to have good shooting nights or bad shooting nights. Um, 
that's the the benefit of having three all-star players is that if one's not playing well or two aren't playing well, the other can carry you. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's more about like this overarching style of how are we playing so that we are keeping all three of you engaged and involved in a way that you're comfortable with, but also that helps us accomplish the things that we need to right. and helps the team around you do the things that they need to enough to where it actually helps you mm -hmm. right. to where the three point shooting and spacing is benefiting you guys as you're trying to drive and shoot in the mid range. Absolutely. Right. Uh, speaking of that 21 and 29 from Vooch, shout out to our guy, Cody Del Mendo of CHGO Cubs. Also co-host of CHGO bets Cody. with Sean Anderson who had taken the over on combined points and rebounds of 27 and a half from Vooch tonight. Nice. I tailed it because I thought it was going to hit mm -hmm. and boy, did it hit splash easy over splash. 27 and a half. Last time I checked, 41 is a bigger number than 27 and a half. I think you're right, Substantially math. speaking. That's math. Like that's, that's great stuff. Math is math. If you aren't tailing Cody Del Mendo on his, on his bets, you all right, Will? Yeah, I was just doing some <laughs> mental math. <laughs> uh, okay, real quick, and then we will get to some super chats. I liked the games that we saw from Javon yeah. and Io off the bench yes. tonight. Yes, Two of those uh, extra bench backcourt pieces – Javon plays 15 minutes. Io seems to have found himself that like 10th man in Billy's rotation kind of spot through these first five games. Mm. They combined to shoot eight of 11 from the field and score 20 points. Mm. Also chipping in in a few other areas on the boards, making things happen on the defensive end. Mm. I, I mean, it's nice to see coming into this, not knowing what kind of Io we were going to get this season sure, after right. a hugely swinging volatile second season mm -hmm. and then being a bit disappointed through Javon's first few games mm -hmm. as one of the additions to this roster from the offseason love what I saw from Javon and Io Io was awesome you know what I mean he's been awesome honestly these past few seasons been your best three-point shooter he's been confident you know and honestly well, I want to know what about the relationship between him and Tory Craig because they really do seem to have Javon. one. Oh no no uh, Io they really do seem to have a kind of relationship, like for real. Like I'm always seeing them shooting together, kind of talking crap to each other, you know what I'm saying, messing with each other, things like that. So I, I want to know a little more about that from those guys because it seems to have benefited Io as far as his confidence is concerned. We saw him do a pull-up three. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, snap, Io pull up on cats now? Like, all right, I dig it. Do it. You know what I mean? Like do it again. But he really is finding his space, you know, within – that little time that he's given, you know, he's finding an area for himself, man. And that's what smart players do. Um, Javon Carter, man, yes, I love that he found his shot tonight because I was waiting on that, waiting on that opportunity for him to do that. And not only did he find his shot, man, he showed it also on the defensive end because remember they got that inbound steal mm -hmm. off of Luka when he tried to pass it to Curry. Yep. Got that steal, put it right back in, man. That's winning basketball stuff. So I just want more of that to keep clicking and keep going. And, yeah, I have, I have nothing but good things to say about him for this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it speaks to the depth that the Bulls have right now. I know it's like, you know, you don't necessarily have as many true power forward types as you want, but, like, you've got guys that can guard multiple positions. Yeah. You've got guys uh, that are just really good defenders at the point of attack that can switch, that can rotate, that can help quarterback a defense. Io mm -hmm. um, and Javon, I mean, as far as ninth and tenth guys go, that's – you got to be pretty happy with that. And, mm -hmm. yeah, Javon started a little bit slow. The last two games he's come on uh, a little bit here. But I feel like, for me, sometimes recently I've been watching these games, and instead of, like, the plays, the highlight plays sticking out in my mind, it's, like, the plays where there were missed opportunities, mm. the plays where 
you know, somebody comes off a screen and hesitates and doesn't shoot and then it leads to a bad shot. Um, and I feel like I saw a couple of those from IO, but he does look a lot more comfortable and confident shooting the ball. Yeah. Um, I think this sort of, uh, he only played like 11 minutes tonight, but I feel like that 10 to 18 minute a night role really suits him. And obviously if he's playing well enough, he's going to continue to eat away at that. So I thought um, they're both kind of coming on. And like I said, for ninth, 10th, eighth man, that's, you got to feel good about that. Got to feel good about it. All right, real quick shout out to Goose, and then we will get our super chats, and then we will get y'all on your merry way. Shout out. CSGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They've got the Oktoberfest. I know it's November as of today, but you can still drink Oktoberfest. It's delicious. They've got the Beer Hug Family, all delicious IPAs. Careful, because they're potent. They're delicious. Uh, the 312 Wheat Ale and this one right here, they call it the Full Pocket Pills. I had a couple tonight. Dave's had a couple tonight. They go down smooth. Treat you right. Mm -hmm. Grab an ultra fresh, ultra brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Claiborne Ave in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Goose Island Beer Company. It's Chicago's beer. It and if you're going to the Madhouse, try one of the new Bull and Goose collab moves. beers. Goose Island and the Bulls. What more do you need mm -hmm. in your life? Well, you need some super chats. Oh, that's what you need. Segway pack. Hey, <laughs> what do we got in the super chat department tonight? Joseph. We have some good ones. Young Joseph. Here we have six super chats. Um, first one is from AK. Three of them from AK. AK. AK says most games will be like this: eleven of thirty-three to twenty of forty-eight threes. 11 of 33 threes to 20 of 48 threes for the Mavericks. That's Bulls to the Mavericks numbers there. That is why we lost. And I will say right now, that is the eighth hat throw. The over-under was seven and a half. And I believe... Wait, seven? I thought it was six and a half. Was it six and a half? It was six and a half. It was six and a half. So that hits. That oh, hit. I was about to be like, wait, why are you spoiling it? So, But it's already over. It's over. It, it over. It hit. It hit. Who won? Your boy. Will wins again. Let's go. Two and oh, go. Go. Um, okay, another super chat. Is it me or oldies? It seems like the Bulls always seems like they can't control role players. I think in, I think that was sort of in reference to Grant Williams and oh, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, like going role off. Role players lighting yeah. us up. Yes, I think yes. that's a really good point, Ricky, because it's, it's a function of the way that they defend. They really loaded up on Luka tonight, as yeah. they do against a lot of stars, and they say... Let's not let you get 60. Let's take the ball out of your hands and see who can beat us. Right. And there are games where teams shoot poorly. I think that happened a lot last year. There are games yeah. when the role players play well, like tonight. But and yeah, I mean, this tonight, is the Grant other Williams and, and THJ combined for what? Like 50 points? <laughs> Something like that. Damn. It's seven threes, man. Come on. AK again. Bulls are <laughs> scoring barely above 100 points for the season. Yikes. Yeah. We, Remember we when quick, we said in pregame uh, that their uh, half-court offense is currently 28th ranked offense in the NBA? That's how you don't score. Yahtzee. Let's do a quick offense-defense net rating check. Ugh, uh, gross. On the do we have to? All right. Chicago Bulls. Uh, 25th on offense. They moved down to 22nd on defense. Not the formula that you might be looking for if you're trying to win more than 20.6 games in a season. Thank you, Will the Go Godly. And we are up to... We are up to 45 hat throws on the season. 
We've got another super chat here from Manuel. Hey, guys. <laughs> I know Pat didn't score, but he was working hard. Yep, we talked about that. He was grinding oh, yeah. on defense. Tough loss, but oh, still yeah. hype about the game. Good game. Tough loss. It was a good game. Shout out, Manuel. Appreciate you, buddy. I agree. I dope. thought that was one of, the, one of the more compelling on games so far yeah, this year. it was year. a good one, man. They, they, they fought. Yeah. yeah. They fought. It was, I mean... I mean that I feel like the final score is a bit misleading because they were the Bulls yeah. were in that yeah in that until the final couple. That's true. Where whereas like you know they, their first two wins of the season were clutch wins. Yep. This was a clutch loss. And sure. again, they are not going to win 100 percent of their clutch games mm-hmm. as they did the first two. They won both of them. It's going to happen where they lose some of them. It's that's okay, but you have to eliminate the blowout losses because right. now yeah. you're talking about kind of disproportionate amount of wins but if you can keep game close you're going to win 50 50 that's great but you have to like start to beat teams and not just get blown out in the other ones correct ricky says i think we sent the wrong player down to windy city hashtag p dub <laughs> oh we sent the right player down to windy city <laughs> maybe it's just that we haven't sent enough players oh god and then ak back to finish it up has AK Mark Eversley missed the boat on roster construction completely. Even with Lonzo, with the modern NBA, the talent disparity amongst NBA teams is not much. We were dead last in three-point attempts with Lonzo. Correct. Mm-hmm. Made more. I think Mark K is dancing in wherever Made he is more. right now. <laughs> Appreciate the super chats, AK. Appreciate the super chats from everybody, Ricky, Manuel. Look, here, here's where... I fall on that right now because, yes, I think you hit the head there. And it's kind of similar and phrased differently to the question you posed earlier, Will, which is like, is this really all about Patrick Williams and how productive or not productive he is right now? To me, this is about roster construction. Mm. And the fact that this roster, as currently constructed, has a ceiling. And the ceiling is the living room floor. The (laughs) the floor is the ceiling, y'all. I, <laughs> ceiling is I'm the sorry. Ceiling is the uh, living room I mentioned floor. it uh, as we were wrapping up pregame, for those of you who missed pregame, and shout out to our guy Drew Stevens of the Bigs because it's a stat I saw from him on Twitter earlier today. Shout out. The Bulls tonight had a chance to get above 500 for the first time since they beat the Hornets to get to 5-4 and four at the beginning of last season. November 2nd, 2022. They beat the Hornets. They're five and four. It's coming. They went five and five after that and never saw above 500 again. Here we are in a fresh season with a chance to get above 500 for the first time in a calendar year. The Bulls fight hard to their credit and fall to the Dallas Mavericks. We are right where we started. We're going in goddamn circles. Hashtag continuity. We already know the answer. And if I have to watch the Bulls get outscored by 27 points behind the three-point line one more damn time, my brain is going to explode. Oh, really dominated the Mavs in the paint tonight. Whoopty freaking do. It's 2020 goddamn three. I have had it with this math problem and the fact that it's causing the Bulls to lose most of the time when they lose. That's the reason I... It's the same damn problem, people. I'm. It's roster construction, and it's broken. But let's double down on it again, because why the F not? This is fun. We're all having fun, right? Can't wait to go 40 and 42 again. 
Yo, to push away the mic is <laughs> the best part. Because that just means I'm fed up and I'm done. And I'm sick of this shit. And yes, that is enjoyable right there. Look what you've done to my guy. Look at Matt Peck. Look what you've done to him. This is upsetting. He's upset, Joe. He's upset. He's out of hats. He, he reached up onto his head at one point, and there was nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. There's this one green White Sox hat left. Oh, man. And I, and I wear it with my Red Bulls hoodie, and now I'm all Christmassy. Oh. That means you're all uh, Jerry Reinsdorf teams, too. <laughs> can't have that can't have that I, I just you know I know I know we're five games in so you call that an overreaction if you want to but we're five games in and I feel like we're 75 games in we all know the ending and I'm oh it drives me crazy it really does mm. at least we get to try again on Friday right? yeah baby one more time <laughs> That's it for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out late on a Wednesday night. We appreciate you. Hit that thumbs up. We'll appreciate you even more. Ah. Bulls Nation. Uh, we are here for you Friday when the Bulls are back in action against the Brooklyn Nets. Start of another Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Yeah. That's how we do things. You okay, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, you can follow our guy, Will, the Go Golly, on Twitter, Will underscore, Will underscore Golly. Follow our guy, Mark K., who's hanging out in the comments with us tonight. Thank Love you. and appreciate Mark, as always. He's at MK Hoops. He and P. Will Supporter are best friends. Uh, <laughs> Big Dave is at BAL, BWL Sports. <laughs> I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Hang in there, Bulls fans. We'll try again Friday. We're always here for each other. It's all that matters. Until Friday, see you, Red. Be good. Peace. In season tournament. Yes, you can. <laughs> All city like the mayor. 